0: Everybody and welcome to episode 26 of the GCSAA podcast. This episode is being presented in partnership with Bear Environmental Science and their early order program, Bear Fall Solutions, which offers superintendents deep discounts and rebates on products that can help produce healthier turf along with a healthier bottom line. From the first tee to the 18th green, Bear has your back. So go to es.bear.us/fall-solutions for more information. Well, here we are. It's another episode of the GCSA podcast. I'm Scott Hollister, the editor-in-chief of Golf Course Management Magazine. And as always, thankful you've taken the time to tune in. If you haven't already, this would be a great time to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever it is you get your podcast. I'm sure most of you have already done that, but those things really do help the cause. So my thanks to listeners out there who have already subscribed and given us a rating or a review. I think we have a great episode in store for you this time around, Uh, if for no other reason than the fact that you won't have to listen to me blather on and on throughout the podcast. That's because uh, I'm turning over hosting duties for this episode to Megan Hurt, the editor of the gcmonline.com website for an in-depth discussion about women in the golf course management industry. The November issue of GCM Magazine features a couple of stories on this very topic, most notably uh, our lead feature and our cover story uh, on a recent survey of women who work in the professional turf business that examines the challenges they've faced and the opportunities that they've encountered uh, as they've made their careers in this industry. So we thought it was appropriate to cover some of that same ground uh, on this episode of the podcast. So today, Megan is joined on this episode by three women who work in different aspects of the golf and turf business. We have a head golf course superintendent, and that is Tammy Jones from DeSoto Golf Club in Hot Springs, Arkansas. We have an assistant superintendent uh, from north of the border, actually, Miranda Robinson from Cordova Bay Golf Course in Victoria, British Columbia. And we have someone involved in turfgrass research at the university level, and that's Emily Brathwaite, who is a faculty research assistant in the turfgrass program at Oregon State University. I'll tell you, honestly, I learned a ton from kind of quietly sitting in on this recording. Um, I think you will too. And we're super excited to tackle the topic and in our own little way to further the conversation about diversity in the game of golf. So with that, it's time to turn the wheels of the podcast over to Megan and let her take it from here. It's episode 26 of the GCSA podcast, a panel discussion about women in golf course management. Hope you enjoy it.
1: Okay, well, hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us in the Women in Turf discussion on this episode of the GCSA podcast. So we have three women who are turfgrass professionals here with us today, and we're going to get the scoop on their journeys within the profession and then get their advice and insights for other women who are perhaps aspiring to careers in turf management and then get their insights on just kind of fostering more diversity in the industry. So, briefly before we dive in, um, my name is Megan Hurt, and I'm the editor of GCMOnline.com, which is the website of GCM Magazine, and I've been with GCM and GCSAA for five years now, and just in that time, there's been a huge growth in recognition of not only the women working in the industry, but how do we attract more, and how... Can we build upon the strength that that diversity gives us? So it's been a really exciting time for me to be a part of this and to follow you guys. So um, to get started, I would just like each of our three participants, if you could just introduce yourselves, tell us your name and your facility and position, and perhaps a little bit about um, what drew you to the industry. So Tammy, do you want to get started? Mo, how about you? I'm uh, Miranda well,
2: Moe Robinson. I'm an assistant superintendent at Cordova Bay Golf Course in Victoria, British Columbia. Uh, the very first time I worked at a golf course, there was a couple girls that I knew. Ironically, this is the weirdest in, but a couple girls I knew got a job at a golf course in the summertime and. I was working at a factory that I hated and they were like, you know what? It'll be so fun. You should just totally come work with us. It'll be such a joke summer and we'll just have a blast. And here I am 16
3: years later, still loving it. So yeah. Interesting. Emily. Hi, so I'm Emily Braithwaite. I'm a faculty research assistant at Oregon state university. Um, And I kind of got my start in turf, Partway through my undergrad, um, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I was studying French and uh, biology, and then I got a summer job working um, on the, the crew at the research farm at Rutgers. Uh, I was mowing and taking uh, doing research with the undergrads, and over the course of that summer, I just fell in love with the industry and, and with the job, um, and then I switched my career or my uh, degree at the end of that summer, and I never looked back, so...
1: Wonderful. Well, I love that you all three have different positions within the field, and I think that'll uh, make for a pretty interesting discussion. So um, to dive in, I just want to throw out a stat. So of all of GCSA's members, only 1.6% are female. (laughs) So that's a pretty steep and daunting disparity. And so to go from there, um, my first question was just when you first became interested in your career in turf. did you have any doubts or did you second-guess yourself because of the gender disparity? And then what compelled you to stick with it? And um, Emily, if you
3: would like to start on that one. So I guess when I first started, I I wasn't really aware of the gender disparity. Um, So I I started working on the, the summer crew. It was predominantly female Um, And actually, when I switched into the undergraduate program, it was actually more women than men at Rutgers at the time. So I kind of didn't really get my first experience of that disparity until I showed up to my first golf industry show as a student taking the turf ball and sort of walked in. And I was like, oh, uh, okay, this is actually uh, quite male dominated. So it wasn't until I'd sort of made that shift um, to, you know, taking on a a degree in turf management that I realized uh, there's fewer women. and, And I was fortunate to at least have the foundation of female undergrads and uh, crew members, but it, it was a little surprising and a little bit daunting. For sure. Mo, how about you?
2: I, I'm kind of similar to Emily in the fact that where I, you know, kind of was, there's lots of females in our industry. I say lots in, in a, you know, in, in the world of how many there are out there. I There was girls everywhere that were doing it. And so we had probably five to six girls on our crew my first year at the golf course that I worked on. And there was, I think, 18 of us. So that's a substantial, that's 30% of, of the crew. So and, and around me, there was so many female mentors that were already superintendents and assistants that uh, I really didn't recognize it being such a Like, I, you know, you go to something and you recognize that you're the only girl sometimes and, you know, it's glaring, but quite often there was another few girls and we'd all end up sitting together at a table at an event and we didn't, um, you know, everybody had their different stories, but it didn't really seem to be as glaring as when I meet somebody like Renee from Ohio, she's Ohio, right? Oh my God, if I was wrong, that sucks. But she, uh, she was the only girl in any of the things that she went to. So I think where I grew up, it's very, very rich in in having female representation.
1: Tammy, how about you?
4: Oh, uh, I'm definitely on the flip side of this because <laughs> uh, when I first started in golf, I was the only girl on the crew. Um, so I took a lot of ribbing, and you know, had to prove it to the guys, so to say, that I can hang and keep, keep up with them. So uh, yeah, I mean, there's quite a few years of being the only girl on the crew for me. Uh, if I saw another female working on a golf course, it wasn't until probably 10 years into the field that I actually saw another female working on the golf course and she was mowing teas and I was weed eating. So <laughs> um, I thought, okay, that's my next step, mow teas. Um, but yeah, it was very far and few between when I first started. So I just kind of put my head down and said, I'm going to do this because this is the job I want.
1: Nice. Well, on that note, can you guys share any specific stories about your career where you thought that you were at a disadvantage or perhaps treated differently because of being a woman and what you learned from those an advice you can pass on from those? And Tammy, just based on your anecdote just there about going 10 years without encountering another woman in the industry, let's start with you on that. Do you have a story to share? Just one one specific moment
4: that stands out? Oh uh, well, there's a few. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Um, when I first started looking for an assistance position after I got out of school, because um, I went to school at night and worked during the day, and I was out of golf course, of course. Um, so I wanted to take that next step. I was an IPM tech and wanted to move into an assistance position. So I went through quite a few different interviews and uh, I've had some off the record questions, which, you know, that just kind of tells you once they ask you, hey, this is going to be off the record, you kind of know you don't want to work there. Um, but, you know, those questions do come up, you know, um, if you want to hear one, I could probably tell you one. Um, and it's pretty much uh, we be able to work here as hard as the guys on the crew because to lead by example, you have to be out there. You can't just tell them what to go do. So how are you going to do that? Um, another question I've had is, you know, how are you going to get the crew to respect you? Um, and those questions are, you know, well, how do they? How do you get them to respect you? You know, respect is a two-way street. Um, as far as the other question is, how am I going to? I, I would get out there and work with the guys. Uh, no one worked harder than anybody else the way I looked at it. If you can shovel, I can shovel. I've had uh, a couple guys take shovel out of my hand and say, woman, no. You know, because down in Florida, we had a uh, a bilingual group, and their bilingual was broken English, so they would just take the shovel and say, woman, no. And I would have to take the shovel back and say, woman, yes. <laughs> and just start shoveling right along with them, and they finally, okay, <laughs> we're going to do this, and she's going to do it too. So. But you learn how to believe in yourself, and that's, that's the biggest thing is believe in yourself. Don't let other people's thought or um, how they're going to judge you be your judgment. You know, that's, that's the biggest thing I could actually say is just be yourself.
1: Did those moments, did they ever sow any sort of self-doubt in you where you would question, you know, maybe I should go into a different industry or how were you able to keep your confidence in, I know I'm good at this, I'm talented and hardworking, I know I can do it despite some of the feedback I'm getting?
4: I took that negativity and turned it to a positive. Um, Just fueled my fire and my passion. I loved working on a golf course and I didn't see anything wrong with it. I thought it was, I'm just as good as you. I can mow a straight line. You don't have to do anything to mow a straight line, come on. Um, So, yeah, I just used that as fuel and turned it into a passion. And the more you hit on me, the more I'm going to do even better. I'm going to run circles around you. Hmm.
1: Mo, what about you? A specific instance of different treatment or anything like that that you recall? You know, what's funny is that for me, most of my career, I didn't
2: have that. I I was lucky to have a mentor that, you know, had my back and everything. So in no way did I ever feel like I needed to try to prove myself or any of the things that, you know, Tammy says, I, I've heard so many girls tell that same story and, and how they had to outwork all these guys and they had to prove themselves physically. And I just never, I just never really had that. And so I kind of was like one of the lucky people that didn't have that feeling. And until, until recently, actually, there was somebody that had, I had this intuition that this person just didn't like me and it wasn't things that were directed. It was just like strange glances and, and just this feeling in my stomach that this person really does not like me and does not want me here. And that's the first time I've had that. So I can understand how it feels to, to be in that situation and it got to the point that this person said something very rude over the radio and everybody on the golf course saw and heard that. And that's when I really realized that I was right and what I was feeling in my stomach was right. And so for me that it it was awful and it, and it ended up he was telling staff members horrible things about me and he didn't want me at the place at all. And I just I've never been outed because I was a female. And half the things were I, I use being a female to try and advance my career, because I'd be doing something like this, I would leave work to go do something to try and, you know, help women in this industry to have this, you know, a mentor that that really cares and stuff and to show them that, hey, it doesn't happen to everybody. But I'm, I mean, here I am now saying how it does. And it was awful. And I felt sick about it. I didn't I didn't wanna go to work. And so I called one of um, my female mentors who has been through it all. And I asked her what she would do in this situation because I wanted him gone. Like the things he said were unforgivable and I couldn't bring myself to wanna go to work. I took a few days off when this happened because I just really couldn't bring myself to go. And so, and what she said is probably the most incredible thing that ever happened to me is that she said, you know what, you're exceptional. Exceptional people have exceptional situations and this is one of them. And you can use this moment to be upset. You can use it to try and prove a point that you belong there and that guy doesn't. Or you can use it as a teaching moment. And you can tell this guy, listen, these are the things you just said to me and did to me and this is how it made me feel. I need you to realize that you can't act this way and it's not fair. And I am willing to forgive you for all the things you said, if we can start from this day forward and no longer have this situation. And to be honest, he's been super nice. It's hard to try and forget. it; It's almost impossible to forget. I won't. The feeling that I felt that day, but the fact that I stood up for myself and that I gave him the opportunity to change, because if he didn't change, he was going to lose his job. So it's not like getting rid of him immediately was going to, you know, if he continued this activity, it would have been his termination, but he really has changed a totally new leaf. And, you know, he, he acts very good around me. And I hope that that is something that other women can kind of understand is that sometimes it's an ignorance to what's going on and how they're making people feel. And so for me, that was an amazing teaching moment and, and a big moment for me because you know holding on to those feelings doesn't do anything for you. So yeah, so that's that's wow. my situation.
1: No, <laughs> that's an excellent story and I like what your mentor said about turning it into a teachable moment rather than you being like okay, that's it, I'm done. I'm out. I'm leaving or insisting that your coworker be out like finding a way to make it work together and unfortunately it's something we end up having to do as women is, you know, be the mediator, be the bigger person, I guess. And um, you know, the bigger person in these situations where you really want the person gone and you feel you're totally in the right, but you've got to be a little gentler. So very great point and well handled. Um, So Emily, on to you and you're in the different world of
3: academia, but anything that stands out for you with um, different treatment? Yeah, there's, there's been um, a couple of situations. Obviously, yeah, I've been fortunate um, to have a lot of women around me. But I, I think early on, I kind of noticed that maybe it was some sort of unconscious bias on the part of people I'd worked with. But sort of defining the the gender roles, you know, I, I worked on a crew and they sort of give the guys the heavy equipment and, you know, teach them how to use that. And maybe I'd get uh, an indoor job or something with... Um, an office style job. And I, I think, you know, maybe it wasn't meant in the way to, to separate gender roles, but I found it frustrating early on because I wanted to be out riding a tractor and and doing all the dirty work. And I kind of had to push a little bit more um, to get those opportunities. And I, I've heard that story from other females that I've encountered, you know, especially on the golf course side that, you know, sometimes I think without meaning to, they sort of give the women what they would consider an easier job, but, um, I learned. It took a little while, but I learned to kind of push and advocate for myself, um, to educate myself, and and get those opportunities. Because it's it's kind of easy to sit back and miss out on things. I, I think naturally I'm a a quiet, peaceful person, and so um, I let things pass me by. But I'm learning to step up and and advocate for myself. And then on the same side with the academics as well, I'm I'm coming in as a fairly young person, I guess, as far as um, in my program. So. Um, getting my voice heard is still sometimes difficult. You know, I've, I've still come across situations where I, I offer up an idea that's sort of dismissed and then someone has the same idea and it's embraced. And, and I don't know if that's, you know, because I'm younger or, or because I'm a female, but it's, it can be frustrating. But I'm learning to um, just really kind of speak out more. Uh, and, you know, it, this is my own responsibility to advocate for myself.
1: Wow, very well said about channeling the frustration and choosing your words and to speak up for yourself, so thank you all for those stories. Very compelling stuff.
0: We'll get back to Megan, Tammy, Miranda, and Emily in just a bit, but wanted to take a break to talk about Bayer Environmental Science, which proudly partners with GCSAA in the production of this podcast. As any superintendent who has worked with Bayer and used their products will tell you, Bayer is a company committed to providing technical expertise and innovative solutions like the StressGuard line of fungicide products that maximize turf quality and make superintendent's jobs easier. And Now through December 7th, you can easily order Stress Guard and other products you count on through the Bear Fall Solutions Early Order Program to earn deep discounts and rebates for a healthier bottom line. From the first tee to the 18th green, Bear has your back. So to learn more, head over to es.bear.us/slash fall-solutions. Again, that's es.bear.us/slash fall-solutions. Now let's get back to this episode of the GCSAA podcast.
1: Moving on specifically, this is very much related, but, and you kind of touched on this, but the topic of leadership and women as leaders. So, um, do you have any tips for other women in the profession in terms of just leadership and how you kind of hone those skills and get more confidence in there? Any resources you employed, um, events you attended that really gave you some insight on that? Because I think there tends to be, just the question of whether women can lead, whether like Tammy, you were saying, like, how are you going to get the crew to listen to you? And your response was, well, how do you get them to listen to you? But so um, any insights on that, on honing your leadership skills or just becoming more confident as a leader? Um, does anyone want to start or? Uh, sure. No, go ahead. <laughs> so
2: I, I found that one of my best Things that I've learned to be a leader is a to be yourself, be true to yourself, and how you're a leader, and how you know it doesn't matter how people perceive you because you can't really you can be professional and you can do the things that you know are you know ideal to be a leader. But also another thing that is huge is understanding personality types and. I'm huge into that stuff. I really do find that personality types definitely really give you a good idea of how to lead people and understanding your own strengths and weaknesses in that is huge. And there's been a few different seminars that I've gone to at conferences that have different versions of Personality assessments, and I, I mean, it's funny because I definitely fall into the same category. And each one, it's just described in a different color or shape or something that that gives you something tangible to take away from it. But what I really liked is is I, I'm a high energy person, and I realized that sometimes that's too much for people. And and that's you know, you have to really realize who you're tailoring your leadership to. And so once you can kind of recognize the different people that are on your cruise or are managing with you or managing above you, you can really tailor the way that you lead and everybody needs a different type of leader. And so to try and be all encompassing is really difficult, but if you can really understand that, oh, you know, this person has these tendencies and, and can just direct everything toward them. I find that's absolutely everything for
3: how I lead. Emily, how about you? Yeah, and I, I think that's really great what you're doing there. I, I kind of, I've, I've tried to model myself on bosses I've had in the past who've had a, a management style that I really appreciated. Um, but some of the things that I've really taken away from that is um, obviously communication is key, uh, but then, you know, teaching, not telling people. So I don't give people a job that I wouldn't myself be willing to go out and do, and then when I assign somebody something, I'm not just going to tell them what to do, but teach somebody, make sure people are understanding. It's, it's part of a communication factor. And it goes a long way to making sure the job's done right. And it helps educate that person on what they're doing and how that's benefiting the golf course or the research program. Um, and then, you know, really listening as well. You know, communication is, it goes both ways, Be, being a good listener and being an effective communicator with a crew. And that's kind of really the bosses I've had in the past have done that very well. And I've tried to emulate that in what I do with my crews.
4: Tammy? Um, I use both of them. My personalities is a big one. Um, I kind of give respect um, and get respect in return. Uh, go out with my crew. I try to at least on a daily basis to touch base with each and every single one of them about the task that we have to do and how we're going to get from point A to point B. And so they understand the big picture and the whole goal of what we're doing. Um, but yeah, the personalities and how you interact with them is a big factor. Um, I've got one that likes me. They come and talk like 10, 15 minutes on a green and what we're doing with the greens and how the greens are healing in from setup and everything. And then I got one that just wants me to wave. <laughs> like, hey, you're doing a good job. Thumbs up. Yeah, good go. Um, so, yeah, the personalities make a big difference in how you interact with them and giving them respect. And they respect you and they'll go tenfold for you. And that's the biggest thing. I like what both of them said. It's spot on.
1: Yeah, wonderful. I liked it too that you guys, um, you've just said that your style is adaptable, that there's not a one size fits all. Um, for every leader and then for every person you're leading. I think that's a really valuable takeaway. I'm going to hang on to that myself. So thank you for that. Um, So my next question is for your male counterparts in the industry. What words of wisdom would you have for them if, you know, they're wanting to encourage diversity in the industry and help bring in more women who are talented in this field and hardworking? Do you have any tips for them on things they can do, whether it's changing their demeanor or something about their approach. Any advice there on um, what the men in the industry can do to make it more welcoming to women? Emily, do you want to start on this one?
3: Mm. (laughs) I guess it's a tough one. Um, I kind of sat and thought about this one for a little while, but um, what I was really thinking is just if they can listen and ask questions of of the other women that are in the industry. I think over the last few years, a lot's been done to promote more conversations um, and highlight some key women in the industry. Um, And it goes a long way to listen to these people and ask them questions um, of, you know, maybe what situations they've had that made them not feel as welcome and kind of lean on the women to lead them um, and help them incorporate more females and diversity in their crews. Excellent suggestion.
1: Mo, anything to add? Absolutely. Uh, I think that,
2: I mean, it kind of echoes what we've been talking about today in general, but treat them just like every other employee. There's, there's no reason to create these girl jobs, which were a thing when I started to, we joked about girl jobs. And I was one of the ones that kind of, you know, I showed a little more interest in the other types of jobs that were on the golf course. So I think that, I ended up getting to do the quote unquote boy jobs and the other girls would comment on it. They're like, I can't believe you did a boy job today. Like how incredible is that? So that definitely like, just like Emily said, that was there for me. And and when you said that, I kind of laughed to myself because the girl jobs, but a lot of courses that I've been at that, I mean, okay, maybe I was a manager. So there wasn't girl jobs specifically, but in, in general treat us just, just like a staff member. I mean, it is what it is. That's all we are. It's just another body that's there that wants to do the job. So, you know, sometimes there are physical limiting things to people with statures that are smaller, male, female, anything, any person that, you know, so if, if in fact they come to you and say, wow, that's too much for me, that's one thing. But to expect, you know, females not to be able to perform the same as a male on a job is is kind of silly. And so I think just treating girls, just, you know, anybody, there's a lot of people that get treated differently on a maintenance crew that, you know, it's gender specific things or, you know, sexual preference even comes into play. Like, you know, it's silly. It's absolutely silly. So I think other than that, if, if you see, You know, women at a golf industry show or anything like that, just, you know, I'm not saying go out of your way um, to go and talk to them, but sometimes just say hi. Just acknowledge that they're there and don't expect them to be somebody's spouse and, and just in general, just treat them just like
1: everybody else. Excellent points. Yeah, you kind of don't want the pendulum to swing the other way and have this overabundance of attention on you.
4: So very well said. Tammy, what are your thoughts on this one? Uh, be welcoming. I mean, that that's a big one. You know, if you have a female come in and apply for an application and she's got the skill set, give her the job, you know? Um, I like the, the girl and boy jobs. I kind of laugh at that because I do remember um, back in my younger days, they always put me on flowers. I'm like, well, this is a girl job. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, So I make sure that I don't do that. And actually one of my guys on my crew loves planting flowers. So he has, he does my flowers and I have actually two girls on my crew, one mows greens and the other one sets a course up every day. So they got the boy jobs and my boy's doing the girl job. (laughs) But just be welcoming with women. You know, if they come in and apply, go ahead and hire them. If they got the same skill set that the other applicant has, to me, it doesn't matter, you know, we're all here to do one thing and that's you know, we got a goal every day. Um, but yeah, both and uh no boy girl jobs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well and you made the great point there too, that by segregating boy and girl jobs, it puts the boys at a disadvantage too. Like it limits, you know, if they're interested in planting flowers or doing stuff at the clubhouse that um puts limitations on them as well that are also unfair. So excellent point there. Um well, my next question is similar, and it's just what um, would you like to see the industry as a whole do? So, you know, GCSAA, your chapter, um, companies that serve the industry, what can those entities do to help make it more welcoming to women and to help foster diversity? Any thoughts on that?
4: Uh, we're doing it right now. I mean, this is, <laughs> this is great right here. Um, Bear uh, doing the women in golf. Uh, That's a great avenue in mentoring. I I like. I wish I had a mentor when I first started going to school. Um, Where now they're they're coming out of the woodwork. I'm like, oh my god, look (laughs) at all. So yeah, mentoring is good. Giving back, you know, to the organization, and I think that's the best thing that can be be happening right now. The open conversations that we're having right now, and what Bear's done. uh, I know uh, BASF did one back in 2011. Um, down in Florida, they did it. Uh, so yeah, I think it's great. I- I'm glad it's moving in this direction. Want uh, to keep that momentum going.
1: Emily,
3: anything for industry or larger organizations? Yeah, well, I just kind of agree with Tammy of just continuing to foster these discussions um, and and kind of just promote that that normalcy of, of women being part of this industry. You know, we're starting to grow in numbers and it's not an outlier thing. And so just kind of continuing what we have been doing with these discussions and groups. Um, I, yeah, I think I agree with Tammy. <laughs>
1: Thank, you. Thank you. Mo, anything to add on
2: this one? I, I pretty much would echo the same things. Uh, it's incredible in Canada, Morgan Creighton started a women in golf mentor program. And so all of the students, because there's, you know, the amount of students compared to mentors, they have, you know, more than one and they can reach out to us at any given point and speak with us if they have any issues. And and it just created a bit more of a network because even though we all kind of got to know each other with these women in golf type meetings, which are absolutely incredible, uh, it gives us another depth To what's going on, there's a little bit more of a personal impact where you can really have good one on ones with people. And I would love to see that echoed throughout the world if it's possible, because I think Canada has so many female turf managers. And it's, you know, I I still can't quite figure that out, but there is something just awesome about having that female mentor. And, you know, I think that that would be awesome to see otherwise. And so, yeah, I definitely just echo what they're saying. Plus, yeah, maybe some more mentor situations being like the person that's kind of more senior in the mentor areas. There's only so many people that I can look up to that have had more experience than me. And it's, it's nice to know that the new people coming up, each of them has just that much more ability to have contact with somebody that they can they can reach out to because there's so many strange things that women navigate through this industry. And it's, yeah, I think that that would be something incredible.
1: Yeah. And your story from earlier about when you called your mentor, when you were having the um, unfamiliar and strange situation, um, that was something that really came in handy. So yeah, sounds like mentoring is something we can all agree on. Um that would help move the discussion even further past having these, um, these events and these little conversations, if we can grow that network and really get that support system in place. Well, so my last question today is just if you had one piece of advice or words of wisdom or encouragement for a young woman who realizes she's interested in working on a golf course, but she sees that everyone else working there is male, perhaps um, if you had one that you would want to pass on to her to help her stay the course and cope with the challenges ahead what would that be so i'll start with you tammy on that one
4: believe in yourself you know that's that's the biggest piece of advice i can give is believe in yourself and be true to yourself so if that's what you want to do go for it don't let someone else judge you judge yourself
3: perfect emily it's funny we'd spoken so much about mentorship and that was when, when you asked that question, that was the thing I'd written down is find a mentor. I think that is the most important thing that has kept me in this industry is whether it's, it doesn't even have to be another superintendent or even indeed a woman, but find somebody that can connect with your experiences and maybe who's gone through things that you're going through and lean on them. And I think that really goes a long way to find someone, find your community or a mentor To help encourage you, because you know it can be discouraging at times, and it's been really great coming out of this uh, Women in Golf program that now I feel like I have a whole network of women, you know that I maybe had never would have the uh, opportunity to meet, but now we have this group chat and you know people jump in and ask questions, and so we're building this community, um, and I think it's great what Morgan's been doing, and I hope this does continue to grow and we get more female mentors and more women wanting to enter the industry.
1: Thank you for that. Mo, final thoughts on this? I would say go
2: in there knowing you belong. Know that you belong there. If you want to be there because you're passionate about it, you belong. It doesn't matter what you're doing in life. And be yourself. Be, be true to yourself. Like Tammy said, that's, that's everything. You don't need to change who you are to be able to fit in with the guys. If, if you're not a tomboy then you want to, you know, you want to show up to work and make up with your hair done. It does not matter. Don't change who you are to suit, you know, somebody else's idea of what you should be, because that's, that's in any facet of life, I guess, in, in reality. But that's probably one thing that I say is just go in knowing you belong and, and just own it. Just, Just love every day like we all do because I know that all of us show up to work and, you know, there might be troubles in a day, but every day you have a point where you look around and go, I can't believe this is my job. And I don't think anybody should be robbed of that because they don't feel like they belong. That's just, that's such a far gone idea that I think just walking in and and knowing that you can do it, absolutely, without question, you don't, I, I have a... A young person that I mentor that's a male and he has, you know, physical um, limitations and he did not think he could do this job because of his physical limitations. He was going to go through school to be an accountant and now he is in golf course management because he wants to be a general manager. But he started off in turf with me and I told him, listen, if I physically am able to do this, you're physically able to do this. And it's what's upstairs that matters. This is a job about absolutely understanding science and understanding so many things that are so far beyond what your physical capabilities are, that your ability to lead, your ability to think on your feet, your organizational skills, that's everything. Like your physical strength is so far from what's important. So I would say anybody that goes into this industry, just you know, just believe in yourself and and do exactly what you
1: think is perfect that's all you can do thank you well on that powerful note i'm gonna wrap up our discussion today but i want to thank you three so much for taking the time out of your days to do this and for sharing all this wisdom with us thank you so much we really appreciate it um to the listeners i hope that you found this discussion enjoyable and encouraging and thank you so much for listening
0: well, that puts a wrap on another episode of the GCSAA podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and learned just a little bit from the discussion on women in golf course management. My thanks go out to Megan Hurt for taking over as the host of this episode and to our three guests. Uh, first off, Tammy Jones, who you can find on Twitter at Joan T059. That is J O N E, the letter T059. Uh, Miranda Robinson, who is at Perf mo on twitter and mo as in moa green and the twitterless uh, emily brathway really appreciate all of their willingness to, to come on the podcast uh, to sit down with megan and the candor that they brought to the conversation Remember, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever it is you get your podcast. You can also check out previous episodes you might have missed on all those same services. There is a ton of good content in the archives, so please check those out if you haven't already. And with that, we are out. My thanks once again to Megan, Tammy, Miranda, and Emily. To the master of the mixer, our producer engineer, Evan Bissell. To everyone at Bear for their continued support of the podcast as our presenting partner. To the nine members of the GCSAA Board of Directors. Uh, to all my colleagues and co-workers at GCSAA headquarters. And of course, my thanks to you, the listener, for taking the time to download and check out this episode of the podcast. We'll be back soon with another episode for you to enjoy, but until then, stay safe, stay healthy, and we will catch you again on another episode of the GCSA podcast. Take care, everybody.